Hello and welcome to Movies on the Side. This is Stephen Robles. And this is Nate Baranowski. And this week, we review the 2011 movie Mission Colon Impossible Dash Ghost Protocol. We talk through the different action scenes and decide if it makes sense at all. We discuss the bad guy who is basically a Russian nesting doll of evil. I ask Stephen if Tom Cruise made a good choice going back into the IMF. Was Jeremy Renner superfluous in this movie? And does this collection of action set pieces actually make for a good movie? All this and more on Movies on the Side. Listeners, we're going to start the show a little different because I just had a discovery of how Nate prepares for these episodes. So number one, we try to prepare. We take notes. We watch these movies. Even if it's a movie we've seen before, we watch it again and we take notes. And me, like a normal person, takes notes on my phone. They're digital. They sync to the computer so I can refer to them there. But Nate apparently does not use notes on his phone. Nate, what do you do? You use an abacus and a, and a stone tablet? How are you taking notes over there? I use a tiny white pad of paper. I write my notes like an old-timey 1930s detective. And then when the show is done, I crinkle it up and I eat it. Like every good... <laughs> is it like one of those spiral notebooks? No, it's got like a little uh, post-it note sort of glue at the top. I just rip it off when I'm glue. done with it. Nate, what in the world? You've been doing this the whole time we've been doing the show? No, sometimes I do digitally if I'm not around. Uh, but I like having a little a little jot of note. I can kind of underline. I can put emphasis on my words. It's sort of scrawled so that no one else can identify oh. my notes just in case I get okay. taken out. Okay. If you're trying to obscure your notes, that's one thing. Because I was going to say modern note-taking apps can do bold italics and underline. It's not no, like, no, 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 no. It's not like that's I need to have the that. flavor of my thoughts. And let oh. me tell Tell you, for this movie, I have some thoughts, and yes. they are not all positive. Right. Okay. So, as you know, we're doing Ghost Protocol, which I just discovered on the IMDb page, is directed by Brad Bird, who directed the original Incredibles and the sequel. But You love that movie. I love that movie. Love the Incredibles. So, Mission Impossible, Mission colon Impossible dash Ghost Protocol, dash dash Ghost Protocol, according to Rotten Tomatoes, and M dash, according to Wikipedia. I'm just trying to make this as convoluted as possible. It's perfect. It's perfect. Thank you. That is the movie we're reviewing today. Nate, Rotten Tomatoes, this thing, what do you think critics gave Ghost Protocol? Before I answer your question, I'm going to say one thing because I'm staring at it right now. Yes, you think. I've never thought the word protocol looks as strange as when I'm just barreling it on the poster and thinking, I'm not sure if I'd be able to spell protocol if I didn't have a <laughs> autocorrect. Protocol. But I digress. Everyone take a look in your, on your own time. Just take a look at the word protocol and be like, mm, hmm. It's a funny word. It's a funny looking word. I would say Rotten Tomatoes for this one. I'm going to say critics, 71%. Critics gave this movie 93. What? <laughs> 90, gave it 93%. But audience uh, probably feels closer. Oh, don't give me hints. Audience has probably felt about this movie similar to you. So Okay. So I would say uh, I'll go 73. Ah. Uh. Audience gave it 76. Mm, okay. Audience gave it six. So critics seem to like this movie. Audience was like, meh, for me, this is the one Mission Impossible movie that does not have Luther Stickle. He's at the very end, but that doesn't count. It has. Yeah, I'm about to he's say. At it the, has he's Luther at the Stickle. very end, but he's not a part of the mission. Right. Now, 
I don't think we need to go over the. Well, you want to talk about the plot, like as a thing, right? I do. Okay, so I'll just say a couple high level thoughts about this movie. Okay, I feel like this moves us out of the Mission Impossible one through three trilogy feeling where Mission Impossible mm-hmm. 3 was starting like this. But now, Ghost Protocol begins the modern-day Mission Impossible feel that is, like, super action-y. You know, you have, like, two to three Just missions. action set pieces that you move between loosely. It is a dream yes. within a dream. <laughs> it is a dream within an action piece within a dream. And you have, like, cool technology and stuff. But what's weird is this movie is a transitionary period of characters where, one... Benji, who appears in Mission Impossible 3, I feel like really comes into his own in this movie as like a main character. Mm-hmm. How is it you're here? Oh, I passed the field exam. Crazy, right? And I like Benji, so that's positive. But then we also enter Hawkeye, Jeremy Renner, mm-hmm. which I'm just going to say right here feels a little superfluous at times. I'm just going to say it. And we're missing Luther Stickle. There were thoughts back in the day that Jeremy Renner would be like pass the torch of Mission Impossible from Ethan Hunt to oh, him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think this was also around the same time that they thought Jason Bourne would pass the torch to Jeremy Renner. Right. But then both Tom Cruise and Matt Damon were like, nah, we can make these movies till we're 85 years old. Yeah, I think Tom Cruise, who's into Scientology, looked at Jeremy Renner backstage, made a joke where he laughed maniacally, and then got super serious and said, Jeremy, I'm never going to die. You'll never, you will never be. You'll never hunt. take this this movie series from my from my hands. <laughs> That's right. Well, we all have our secrets. Yeah, it was. It's a weird transitionary period, but as a modern era Mission Impossible with these huge action set pieces, including mm-hmm. the tallest building in the world, the Burj Khalifa, which mm. is a very cool scene. Yep. Yeah, it's a it's a fun watch, if not a convoluted watch. Oh man. No kidding. What do you want to say about the plot of this movie? Okay. First off, I want to say that Christopher McQuarrie, uh, hopefully I'm saying that correct. Uh, Um, He directed, he did a revised screenplay, uncredited screenplay, like halfway through this movie. Okay. So while it was being shot, he was brought in. He is the director for Rogue Nation, for Fallout, for the next Mission Impossible, Mm, other things mm -hmm. that you've liked. He's been part of the writing team for edge of tomorrow the new top gun valkyrie all this stuff so okay Okay. it's like he knows how to write about tom cruise anyway he gets brought in halfway through this movie this is a quote from christopher mccrory on ghost protocol i came in on the middle of the shoot to do a rewrite of the screenplay though they had already started the movie i had to communicate with the entire staff to determine what i could and couldn't change what sets had been built or struck what scenes i could and couldn't reshoot i learned so much about production being right there the script had these fantastic sequences in it but there was a mystery in it that was very complicated what i did was about clarity the mystery had to be made simpler it's like reaching into a sock what? and pulling it in inside out it's still a sock still all the same pieces but all put together in a different order what in the world dear christopher mccrory you <laughs> pulled the sock of ghost protocol inside out but i do have to say when watching this movie i do know that it's an inside out sock you may have scrambled all the sequences <laughs> i'm not sure if you brought clarity to this but to be fair to christopher mccrory he was brought in you know, like when you get brought into a project that you didn't start, yeah. your heart's maybe not yeah, all the way in it because yeah, yeah. you don't feel like the personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. I feel like Chris, Chris from McQuarrie's like, listen, you guys really mucked it up. 
and I'm going to just like <laughs> rearrange things in a somewhat pleasing way. And I'm going to put, you know, five minutes of dialogue in between to kind of explain what's going on. But at the end of the day, I'm going to be the director for the next three Mission Impossibles. We're going to oh. pretend this one never existed. Oh, okay. I didn't know that that was a thing. Yeah, this feels like, I guess it is a very transitionary movie because it's heading towards really good ones like Rogue Nation and Fallout. But this one feels like it's a little uh, off balance, we'll say, as you're watching it. It's like, yep. what is happening? Like with that Burj Khalifa scene, like that mission specifically, it's like, okay. Let's talk about that mission for a second. <laughs> That's very important to me. By the way, spoilers throughout. Spoilers throughout. This movie came out in 2011. It's 10 years old. So there you go. I do have to say in 2011, and this is, I'm not insinuating, and I am, I'm insinuating so much when I say this. <laughs> Tom Cruise looks as old as he's ever looked in this movie. But I feel like he doesn't look at this, things he doesn't look get, this old. Things get a little fuller, puffier, and <laughs> let's say less old in future movies. But Ghost Protocol, if you were to line up the movies and be like, which one is Tom Cruise the oldest in? I think it's this one. He does... I don't know. Some of these screenshots from IMDb, he looks closer to younger Tom Cruise than older Tom Cruise. Mm. He's wearing that hood in a lot of these shots. Like all these movie posters of him. It makes you look so young. Yeah. It's because they don't want to show that hair. Uh, (laughs) Something about that hair at at age 49. I think this is the last Mission Impossible where he had long hair too, right? Yeah, I think so. Is that right? Okay. So that Burj Khalifa scene. (laughs) The Berkeley. This is it's a fun mission. I fun watched, mission. yeah, I watched it trying to really understand the plot. Yeah, which actually made the viewing a lot worse. They have to go into the server room in order to control the elevators, <laughs> so that they can tell the person in the elevator that they're on like the floor that they want them to be on. That's right. right? That's right. In yes. order to get into the server room. room the server room yes they somehow choose to be at a room that's 11 st- 11 floors down yes like seven floors over it's a busy hotel now, yeah it's a busy hotel i would love i think it would be a lot better if you could potentially get into the server room from let's say the one right above <laughs> or maybe the one <laughs> right. right over yes yes what floors are you on uh, 130 130 so all of this is to get control of the elevator. It's not that important to get into the server room, except like, I guess you need this thing. Right. He gets, he puts on his, like the worst technologically working gloves in the world. <laughs> yeah. And he goes outside of the Burj Khalifa. Now here are some things I know about the Burj Khalifa. Cause I was there and I've you been inside there. this building. That's right. I don't think that security would miss someone crawling Client breaking through the windows, carving through windows, smashing through glass, <laughs> running around the outside of your really tall building. Well, I mean, if they're really high up, who's going to see them? Someone on the ground? The cameras. This, oh, there's cameras everywhere? It, the highest building in the world is definitely going to have views of, hey, people are going to want to c- climb this building. Like stunt, stunt people daredevils are going to try to climb your okay, building like a bay like base jumpers they're, they're going to want to jump off the top i'm talking at the top of this yeah i'm talking at the top of this building and there has to be so many cameras yeah this is not 1995 <laughs> can we talk about those gloves though yeah so he, he has these gloves that are supposed to stick them to the glass and then you you peeling motion releases the stick yeah i don't know about that <laughs> let me just say i would not have trusted those gloves not not that i would ever go out and climb the side of a building hundreds of stories up but yeah i would not have trusted those gloves but 
It's a good suspense move. It's a great scene that doesn't need to happen plot wise, but it's fun. Yeah. And it is fun. And there's like that one time where, you know, one glove, he just throws it down and we see it later, like sticking to the side of the building. And then it just flies away because it fails. And, you know, you get that feeling oh, oh, that could have been me. Yeah. So, and then it ends with the scene of like Paula Patton holding on to Jeremy Renner, holding on to Tom Cruise, barrel of monkeys style. <laughs> yes, barrel They're of monkeys. All, like, yeah, I'm not sure if Paula Patton's keeping both of them from sliding out the door. Yeah. Although Paula Patton is a national treasure, I'll say that every time oh, I say her name. That's right. That's right. But okay, after that part of the mission, the rest of the mission becomes very confusing because it's like we're going to be brokering a deal. We're <laughs> pretending to be two different people. Jeremy Renner's got a contact where when he looks at these launch codes, he can blink. And then that launch code is then printed in a briefcase that Tom Cruise is holding. Oh my and goodness. then those plans are what the other guy is buying. Benji's got a rubber hand. He puts the diamonds the in the tea kettle. rubber hand for no reason? <laughs> if, well, the rubber needs- hand does not keep you from being able to see a third hand coming out. <laughs> and then uh, someone's in the cart. Like Of all the Mission Impossible missions across all the movies, this one seems like overly complicated, unnecessarily convoluted this is what this movie is the the movie is this the movie in total is storyboard things and we have to figure out how to get between them here are the storyboard items i can imagine from this scene yeah one tom cruise crawling uh climbing up the side of the burj khalifa and then running sideways on it i'm sure that's the stunt he had always wanted like let's find a way to do it two paula Patton and bad assassin woman uh fight right in the room yeah that's probably number Number two and number three, giant sandstorm comes. Tom Cruise is running, yeah. kind of outrunning the sandstorm. Sandstorm is cool. I think that scene is fine. Okay, I this is something I have a, a huge problem with. The sandstorm. We find out no, no that that part of the scene. We find out that God, man, this is tough to explain. So Cobalt's <laughs> the bad guy, right? Yeah, Cobalt's the bad guy. Cobalt's the guy who exploded the Kremlin and blamed it on Ethan Hunt in right. the flimsiest way by saying, "Like Red Leader, it's you. Right, you're the, you're the bad guy. <laughs> right. Who's this guy on the radio anyway? Right, exactly. Team leader, awaiting your go sign. Standing by to detonate. We find out that he has an assistant guy yeah who we don't really know about except this guy is the actor that plays this yeah after the scene after this guy runs literally sprints out sprints tom cruise right, which is basically impossible we find out when he pulls off the mask and i think it's the only mask pull off in this whole movie we pull it off and i go who is that guy it's the cobalt guy right Right. He, because like the mask is a little too close to the actual guys. So I was like, wait, who is that supposed right, to be? Right. It's not different enough. It's not it's like. It's not satisfying. It's not shocking. It's not surprising. The only thing that is shocking is that I thought that old man was in that body, the whole, like the slightly paunch old man <laughs> was running the guy the who outran and then yeah. later outfights Tom Cruise. Okay. Well, all right. We'll get to that scene. I, we'll get to we, that. We got to get anything in a second. I will say the Kremlin scene as one of the, as a, one of the missions in this movie is one of the set pieces. Uh-huh. I thought that scene was pretty cool. The, the whole scene with like Tom Cruise and Benji in that hallway and they have like that reflector thing. 
to fool the guy at the end of the hallway. Yeah. The camera that only works with one person's head. Yeah. I thought, cool, cool. I thought that was cool, you know, cause it's got to do the perspective thing and they're moving it forward. Yeah. Like that whole scene was pretty cool. I thought. It's fun. And then when it glitches out or when multiple people into the hallway, like tries Again, to like change perspective fun set piece. I yeah, have yeah, no yeah, idea yeah. what they're doing in that, in that scene. No idea. No idea. And then there's the other, the other mission when they're at the party and Paula Patton has to like seduce that weird guy. I, th- th- those are weird scenes. I'm not crazy about those. And that's and there's and there's no reason for that. All they had to do was like get him alone and be like, tell us the satellite. Uh, yeah, so like what is this? That guy owns like an old Soviet satellite or something. I don't even. They know. They just needed to know. have a, like a party scene just so that we. Yeah. could. I don't know. Now the magnetic suit that Jeremy Renner has to wear in the in the tunnels or whatever that's kind of fun another storyboard image that's like wait why why is so he in much. there yeah, he's in so there much. during the party or not during the party yeah jeremy renner yeah he's, he's got a suit and then he's got to sneak in the back room and then he's got to jump down the shaft funny moment ma- jeremy renner ma- was great in that yes yeah the magnet thing was cool now they're uh, talking about the plot again there's this whole scene where jeremy renner like reveals who he really is and somehow <laughs> it is come to our understanding that he was supposed to protect Ethan Hunt's parents or something? No, he's supposed to protect Ethan Hunt and his wife, Julia. Right. Now, Ethan and Julia were the person he was tr- assigned to protect. Yes. Then a bunch of Serbians came in and killed her. And then Ethan Hunt goes and kills a ton of Serbians. <laughs> And that right. is his story. Yeah. And if okay. I had not already seen three movies of Tom Cruise, right, I would have believed it. <laughs> right. But, but that's but not what actually happened. It was all a setup to make, apparently, a make Jeremy Renner feel bad. <laughs> right. Like, what was the purpose? Or- the whole point was to get Julia, like, into... Like witness basically protection, witness protection, protection yeah, yeah. yeah. So by the, so faking the whole thing, and that was all to lead Tom Cruise to get into jail, where we find him at the beginning, which is actually kind of cool. Yeah, that's but a fun it, scene. Yeah. So he like fake kills a bunch of Serbians, I guess. It's so, <laughs> it's so weird. The prison so, scene was fun at the beginning, but yeah. Anyway, so yeah, but he tells his whole thing. And he's like the big reveal about Jeremy Renner. It's like, listen, I'm not having always been an analyst. I've been an agent too. It's like, yeah, you're Jeremy Renner. <laughs> I knew you weren't going to be a, just an analyst. <laughs> we know this. Yeah. And so like, okay, it's so supposed I, to be I, like I, this big thing about like, I'm sorry I failed you, Tom Cruise, because I saw your right. Julia get murdered. Like, and he's like, did you see her body? I'm like, well, <laughs> parts of it. And Tom Cruise says, it's okay. You can never be as good as me. <laughs> <laughs> you'll never take me. you'll never take mission impossible from me he says and then looks at the camera and smiles yeah yeah and winks i just felt like that whole scene was contrived maybe is the right word but it just felt yes. like why is this here this just feels like it's trying to put so much plot into this supposed to be fun movie and like i don't know seems too much they were never supposed to know we were there whole thing's routine it was a milk run this movie is so i that's why i'm very shocked that the critics were so high on this because i know and i saw a lot of critic reviews being like popcorn flick popcorn flick it is truly just fun action right. set pieces and every once in a while a nicely confused simon pegg <laughs> which who is who is legitimately a funny person yeah i love simon pegg it's just that with i guess christopher mcquarrie pulling the sock inside out and <laughs> arranging them so, in maybe a different way than what we expect let me make this comparison I felt like, is it the MacGuffin of a thing? Like whatever, like the, 
the bad object mm-hmm. or like the the bad thing that could happen mm-hmm. is a missile, right? They're trying to stop this missile. To San Francisco, a so, nuclear missile. This is uh, yeah. nuclear war is what they're trying to stop. A nuclear Sorry, I try, I try to pronounce that correctly every time because if I say nuclear, people will jump on me. But anyway. No, no. You did it wrong that time. I know. I, I did it on purpose. I was just okay, doing, I was doing it intentionally. That's right. So the bad thing about this movie that they're trying to stop, it felt like a little bit like old school 24 TV series. Uh-huh. Like, yep. and that does not match the scale, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. The scale and bad things of other Mission Impossible movies feels more like weighty uh-huh. and more like they're actually saving the world. And this is like, this one dude might get a missile off. Uh, yes, it'd be bad if well, San Francisco okay. was wiped off the map. But then it's like, <laughs> it's one missile. But then missile. we'll all recover. No, that's supposed to, by launching that into San Francisco, it's supposed to be like, well, we will then take our turn and it will be like nuclear winter. And right. I and think it turns we, into G.I. Joe retaliation. I think what's behind all of this is this. I think this is the worst bad guy in any Mission Impossible movie. Yes, thank I you. I think Cobalt as an, an older Swedish dude who just doesn't have much of a personality. Right. Just is like, hey, we all need to like cleanse the earth and start over. And this is important that we do this. He is not menacing. He's just an older, you know, he's just an older guy who wants <laughs> nuclear winter and it's not fun. He's no, I don't know why he's a match for Ethan Hunt. Yeah. And he's just bad. Especially he's a bad, bad guy. After Philip Seymour Hoffman in Mission Impossible 3, which is oh, one of the man, best yeah. Mission Impossible villains, and even uh, Australian guy in Mission Impossible 2, and John mm-hmm. Boynton 1, like those were great villains. And then when you get to the little snively rat man. <laughs> You get Ratman. <laughs> I do not want to call. Do not want to call. No, 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 Ratman. <laughs> why? Why can't I find? While you this do that, movie? I am going to say I also like misdirection in Mission Impossible movies. Right. This has none. It has none. Like it has none. the part of Mission Impossible is like espionage and guy could be like someone could be good, but they're or like someone could be bad, but they, you right, think they're right, good right. and then they do the turn. There's no yeah. turn. And that's this. what you There's get just in- the bad guy taking off a mask of another bad guy. Like, <laughs> well, it didn't matter it's, who you were. You did bad things. It's a Russian nesting doll of bad guys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just take it off. bad guys all the way down. There's bad guys all the way down. And that's why. So in Rogue Nation, you have Rebecca Ferguson who is like, maybe she's good. Maybe she turns bad. Yes, but she's actually, an actually interesting character. Yes. yes. And then Sam Harris as Lane, I think one of the best bad guys. And then even Henry Cavill in the last movie. Yes. With again yes. Lane. He's in that movie again. Like great bad guys. Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol does not have a good bad guy. I think that's one of the main problems. And Correct. that speaks to the climactic fight scene, which I'm just gonna I'm gonna say a thing here. And I want to know your reaction. Mm-hmm. I think this is one of the least interesting and least fun. Ending oh, fight scenes of a Mission terrible. Impossible movie. It's terrible. They're it like a Carvana be. vending machine. Yep. And just like falling down the thing slowly trying to get a briefcase. I don't believe this old guy, like you said before, could take Tom Cruise in a fight. I don't think this is a good scene. I don't believe that old guy could swing a briefcase and hit Ethan Hunt. No, I don't think so. Like Ethan Hunt's leg gets kind of run over in that 
by a yeah. car going slightly backwards. Yeah, I don't. Who's operating all of these car things? Why? Yeah, why is this automated? Like just moving around. Like what? What is happening? So I didn't. I didn't like that as the last fight scene. So okay, and also not only is that happening at the same time that he's trying to do this, there's like another like Jeremy Renner or Simon. Or I don't know Paula Patton. I don't know who what they're doing, but they're also trying to like plug in something. <laughs> In a different place. <laughs> then the, more accurate words have never been spoken. That's right. They're trying to plug something in right. to also stop the missile. While the other bad guy who I still don't know his name is like the real guy who's yeah. apparently not a mask is also like there fighting. But let me tell you something about this Carvana uh, fight scene, yeah. which is a great a great Carvana vending machine. I love that. Thank you. So they're fighting each other. This old man is fighting Ethan Hunt. Yeah. This old scientist man who's not an agent, who has no training. Right. His name if is he Hendricks, can, played by Michael Nyquist. Kurt Hendricks. I'll call him Old Man Cobalt. Okay. He should not be a menacing physical threat. And there he is, like, toe-to-toe with Ethan Hunt in this car apocalypse. He then, at the end, he looks at Tom Cruise, Mm -hmm. puts the briefcase on his chest, and jumps off. Right. And falls to his death. Well, maybe not to his death. To mostly death. To the painful end of his mostly death. Yes. Falls to the end and is literally, like, six stories down below. (laughs) And like, you can never get me. Like, he's like, there's your briefcase. Now, why not just throw the briefcase off? Right. Why not just throw it? You don't have to throw yourself. I, Nate, I, I agree. I don't understand. And then Tom Cruise says, the fastest way to get down (laughs) is not to like slide down a metal pole. Nope. Or to quickly climb down, you know, it's really like six stories. Like, right. I bet I, you could run down six sets of stairs pretty fast. Like, no, I'm going to get in. Do you remember the make of the car? Because I did watch it this time, and then I forgot. Wasn't it a BMW? It might have been a BMW. I think it was a BMW. I'm surprised it didn't show. Like, he didn't look up, and it's like, side curtain airbags for your comfort. <laughs> I would love to see some signs about how much speed he's able to get up to in free fall of a car right. that he then crashes himself in. But I, that can't be the best way to get down six flights of stairs is to blast yourself <laughs> into the ground. <laughs> yeah. So that, that happens. Then the movie ends with them going to Seattle, him telling Jeremy Renner, like, psych, you don't have to live with this crippling PTSD. I didn't kill those Serbians and you didn't see my dead wife. That was all the ruse. Right, right. And uh, you can join my team. He then sees Julia across the way and smiles and waves. Now, I don't remember how Rogue Nation goes because it's been a while. But here's my question for you, Stephen. Yes. At the end of Mission Impossible 3, Uh and you saw the relationship. You saw what happened. She knows about IMF and everything. Right, right, right. Should he sort of quit that IMF life and like be go back to just training so that he can live happily with Julia? Well... Do you believe that he went back into the field and left her behind or, you know, distanced himself from her? I think Mission Impossible 3 taught Ethan Hunt that even if he tried to just be a trainer person, it would not protect the people that he's close to. And so if he could not lead a normal life in any involvement with the IMF, then you might as well just go all in. I don't believe Cobalt's smart enough to find Julia. No, but Lane (laughs) in the next movie, Uh... Tom Cruise, Ethan Hunt knew a villain like Lane would arise and find him. Rat man. <laughs> so I think it's like, well, I can't have a life of my own. Because even when I tried that, 
my wife is in danger. Mm. So let me just throw myself back into the IMF and just save the world because I'm the only one who can do it. Back into work. Yeah. Let's get back to work. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you, you don't blame him. You feel like, no, he's he's got to do it. He's got to give up Julia. Yeah. I mean, he's it's going to be his whole life looking over his shoulder. And have flirty eyes with Rebecca Ferguson for two movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's going to be in the next one too, right? Man, I'm so excited for you all to join us for the most convoluted Easter egg of episodes on Mission Impossible. Someday we'll put them all together and say, listen, if you look at episode eight, episode 84, <laughs> 92, which one haven't we done yet? We didn't do the very first one yet, have we? <sighs> I don't even know. We have? I'll have to no, look we back. haven't. Yeah, I don't think we've done the first one. Should we rate it? Yes, we're going to rate this movie. I just want to say, lastly, Mission Impossible 7 is coming out next year, 2022. And Mission Impossible 8 is already listed on Rotten Tomatoes for 2023. What do you want to see going forward in the Mission Impossible series? Is there something that you like to kind of see explored? Or do you just want like no. just cool action set pieces? Like you've turned off your brain to this. I mean, I feel like Fallout was good. You know, his wife is still like kind of there. Maybe in Mission Impossible 7 is find out that his wife's new husband is a bad secret agent and he has to save her from that. Oh, I'd it's like taken three. <laughs> yeah. Or basically like Mission Impossible three again. <laughs> but <laughs> but one more time. One more time. All right. So let's rate mission colon impossible dash ghost protocol. Otherwise known as Mission Impossible Four on a scale of zero to five sticky gloves from the Burj mm-hmm. Khalifa. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give this movie I'm gonna give this one, I feel like I can't go less than three for a Mission Impossible movie. So I'm going to go with three. Mm. I'm going to go with three. It's still fun scenes to watch. It has the Burj Khalifa. There's good stuff. The convoluted plot notwithstanding. And now that I figured out Brad Bird was the director, I can't give it that. I can't give it that low. So I'm going to give it three. Nate, what do you give this movie? I think I'm going to give Ghost Protocol. I think I'm going to give it two and a half. I was really yeah, two and a half. bummed watching it this time around because like it truly has awesome set pieces minus the Carvana thing at the end. That was bad. But like the Burj Khalifa scene is awesome though. Convoluted. The Kremlin scene is awesome though. Convoluted. And we didn't even talk about that has great side characters like that uh, Russian police officer. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, Anatoly Sidorov and Bogdan, his, his friend, Sergei. (laughs) Like, they yeah. have fun side characters, but the plot is so incomprehensible yep. that it took a lot of the fun away from me for me. Yeah, it took yeah, it yeah. a lot. It, re- it removed somewhere. much fun. The fun was taken somewhere, <laughs> and I didn't get to have it as and much. And Liam Neeson couldn't find it. And Liam... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, I think two and a half, two and a half for me... Man, I would have loved like if you could do a re-edit or a re like mm. recasting of the bad guy, but yeah. just keeping the same action set pieces. I would have had fun. The emotional parts didn't land. Paula Patton was actually given like some motivation in this movie mm-hmm. with like her old love interest getting killed by the bat. Like right, Kid Rock, Jeremy Renner's Jeremy Renner having a hard time doesn't land. Like there is no emotional weight to this movie whatsoever. And that really hurts it for me. And also no spy intrigue, right? Just fun action. It's like, well, I got superheroes for my fun action. I mean, they got the contact that prints things in a briefcase. That's kind of espionage. I wish Idris Elba was the bad guy. 
or that he's at least a bad guy in a future Mission Impossible. I think that would be that would be a good. Well, movie. we already saw it basically in Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> Go watch Hobbs and Shaw again if you want to see him in a oh my outlandish uh, villain role. No, no, a good villain role. Anyway, go see Cats. <laughs> go see Caverty. <laughs> Listeners, tell us what you think about Mission Colon Impossible Dash Ghost Protocol. You can leave a comment on our Instagram at Movies on the Side. Also, you can get bonus episodes every week by supporting the show at patreon.com slash movies on the side or directly in Apple Podcasts. You can even do a free trial there. And if you haven't yet, we would appreciate a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts as well. And as we always say, the secretary is dead. The president has invoked ghost protocol. We're shut down. No satellite, safe house, support, or extraction. The four of us, the constants of this car, are all that remains of the IMF. That's pretty good. Christopher McQuarrie wrote me into this scene so I can explain what's going on. You'll never see me again. I die at the end of this scene. Yeah, so true. Good. I have I have quite a few. Wait, where are my notes? Hold on a second. I wrote that. They're right. They should be here. Get those notes. It's a great mystery. It's you a ghost protocol. I don't know what happened to it. You don't know where your notes are? They were... I took them as I was... I don't know. I don't know. You don't, wait, you don't write your notes digitally on your phone? No, I write them on a little little sketch pad right before we record. Okay. Well, that's how the show's opening. Okay.